Welcome to Connected Parenting. I'm your host, Carly, of The Owl's Nest, and we're going to be talking about topics that are near and dear to your heart that come up on a daily basis in our community that'll help you reconnect with your kids, reevaluate your techniques, and tweak some of the things that you're doing to help you feel more connected to yourself and your family. today's episode, I want to quote Kim John Payne from Emotionally Resilient Tweens and Teens. And I want to quote this because I feel like it applies not only to our youngest learners, our school-age learners, our teens, our tweens, but I think it also really applies to ourselves. And it really depends on our mindset and our perspective of how we view situations. So the quote goes like this, to try to protect our kids from difficulties in relationships with friends and classmates, or to see these issues only as negative experiences that serve no purpose is to risk removing essential building blocks to the development of their emotional intelligence. And I want to talk to this because so often um, the parents and the families that we attract obviously are very thoughtful and intentional and hold space in their lives to make sure that the education aligns with their family and it's respectful and they choose with such intention. But with that comes a little bit of rose-colored glasses and the presumption that being in a private school, um, that you're not going to run into social problems. You're not going to run into arguments. You're not going to run into negative experiences with peers. You're you're not going to have social conflicts. You're not going to have different types of personalities, different ways of processing information that might conflict with your own and be uncomfortable. That is not the case. And I want to be very clear that as a holistic alternative school, we have class, small class sizes. We still run into, um, children having to navigate different experiences that are uncomfortable, that test their self-confidence, that test their emotional intelligence and their development and their ability to navigate these situations. What is a great aspect of our school is that we have highly educated teachers that help support explicitly instruct and help students navigate and build their confidence, their resilience, their flexibility, their understanding of peers, and as well as how to handle uh, complex social experiences. We also have small class sizes so that we can dedicate that time and energy and truly be there for all of those moments so that we can help navigate students through those challenging moments and we are always looking at supporting our students no matter what so we're always going to be checking in with our students we're going to be talking about self-regulation we're going to be talking about problem-solving skills we're going to be building confidence we're going to be using language that is very intentional to help support emotional intelligence and with all of those things all of those layers you're getting such a full and rich program that really truly supports your child in that program so i know it's really challenging for us as parents to see, you know, a hard moment, um, a few hard moments, a social challenge that comes up and not want to jump in, protect them and make changes for them right away because 
we as adults have those skills and, and we know how to set boundaries, but we're missing such an important building block of teaching children how to, how to set boundaries and what is considered um, bullying and what is considered maybe a un, unkind comment or what is considered criticism or constructive criticism and being able to see the different layers, which is such an abstract concept for a lot of children. And to be, to be able to teach them that at such a young age is our goal at our school to be able to help them solve problems, to navigate emotional intelligence and social intelligence, and be able to understand their self-concept and their self-confidence in a way that I feel like a lot of us adults dream to be able to understand ourselves in the complexities of social situations. Um, to be able to do that at such a young age is our goal. Our goal is to have our children have these foundations at such an early age. And by giving them opportunities to navigate that in social situations that are safe, that are monitored, and that are supported, we can truly allow them to thrive. We can truly allow them to work through emotions and understand that emotions and discomfort are part of getting outside of your comfort zone. They're also part of just navigating life in general and really becoming a stronger person overall. I want to quote a video that is from Joyful Parenting because she's talking about sibling relationships and how fighting is actually a really positive thing because that means they're comfortable enough to navigate new social situations. And I find this quote and this video extremely valuable in the way that our school has a more intimate setting. So children tend to get more comfortable, feel safer and more adaptable and more likely to navigate new social situations in ways that they might not do in bigger group settings. So I find that it's really important for kids to have those explicit moments and have understanding adults that social situations are going to come up and we are here to support them. So she says in her video, I'm so glad your kids are fighting. I know this one feels like a bit of a stretch. Stay with me. To try to explain this one, let me start by explaining something about how kids understand the world. They understand things in constructs. Like they think, okay, a four-legged animal, that's a dog, right? And you say, well, that one is, but that one is actually a cow. Inside the sibling relationship, they're learning the construct of how do I interact with another human? Things like, well, what happens when you hurt someone? They don't like it. And practicing repair and apology and realizing, oh, people do like that. And what it feels like to come back together after something intense. So she goes over that entire video and talks about how fighting can be really triggering for us as adults because we feel like we need to keep everything calm at all times. But we need to let emotions happen. We need to work through emotions and we need to allow kids to feel things and understand healthy ways to repair and reconnect and problem solve and be adaptable and be flexible and be confident and set boundaries. And we can't do that if we don't have opportunities. It's just like play. Play isn't there and it's so important because in order to practice skills, we do that through play. In order to practice social relationships, we need to have opportunities that come up naturally for us to be able to do that in a safe way. And I understand that in those moments, sometimes they don't feel super safe because they're uncomfortable and uncomfortable is uncomfortable. And we don't like to feel uncomfortable because in all honesty, a lot of us adults grew up that being uncomfortable was not okay. 
but we have to understand like to get outside of our comfort zone, to go to the next level, to be able to be more supportive of ourselves and to prepare and build positive relationships with our peers or our friends or anyone that we need to be able to navigate and test out theories on how to interact socially. Next, I want to kind of take it to the next space on where those social situations or those hard moments might be affecting um, your child's ability to want to go to school. Maybe they're having some difficulties or from some frustration. They're starting a new class. They're starting a new hobby. So I'm going to talk to you about what Dr. Siki says and how she kind of would approach the aspect of starting something new and the worry or concerns that might come with it with with your child. Your child's about to try something new, she says. A new class, a new hobby, and they're hesitant or resistant. Instead of trying to convince them of how much fun they will have, focus on building a sense of safety and security. We can only have fun once we feel safe. Instead of, you'll love it, you'll have so much fun, try this. This is what we're doing. I can see right now you don't want to. It's new. You're not sure. I know it's going to be okay. You are going to be safe. I hope you will also have fun when you're ready. So I just love how she approaches that and validates those feelings, but still is pushing them outside of their comfort zone. Still showing that I'm here. I support you. We're going to get through this together. I understand you don't want to. We're going to kind of keep going. And I think that's really important and valuable as a message to send to our children. Next, we're going to get into uh, Dr. Becky. And Dr. Becky is talking about an instance when their child might say, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to camp. I don't want to go to daycare. They're having trouble with the transition. And transitions are hard because it's an intentional separation. And there's going to be resistance with all separation. That's part of the process. And we get through it and things get better. And then there are moments where developmentally our child changes or grows or something happens that alters that and shifts that a little bit, it might make it more challenging at certain times. And I love the way that she approaches this. Number one, I love that she's really reflected of her own intentions, her own language and her own reactions. That's extremely important for us as teachers at the Owl's Nest to make sure that we are checking in on ourselves and making sure that we are taking care of ourselves so that we can navigate these social situations in the most logical, you know, supportive kind of way. Um, and I also really love how she talks a lot about the intentions behind separation and that how there are natural things that come up with that. And if you don't understand that or reflect on that, that that can make things really hard for us as adults and make it actually quite triggering. She says, so my daughter woke up this morning and says, I'm not going to camp today. I want to walk through exactly what I did. And all of these steps will be just as applicable for going to daycare or going to school. And step one, grounding myself. I told myself, Becky, this is not an emergency. I don't have to do anything right now. Telling myself I don't have to do anything right now allows me to pause instead of react. Step two, I reminded myself resistance is part of the pathway to separation. What does that mean? Often a kid resists and we think, I have to fight it. I have to get them to camp. I have to get them to school. When you see resistance as part of the pathway to separation, you picture it as a piece of the road they walk down. 
We just have to get through it. We don't have to fight it. Step three, validate my child while maintaining my boundary. A few minutes later, I said something like this. There's something about going to camp today that doesn't feel good. I believe you. I know we're going to get through it. And I know you're going to end up having a great day at camp. So I know that ties in a little bit to Dr. Siggy's. I wouldn't necessarily, I know you're going to have a great day at camp. And I know you're trying to come up with something that's going to say something along the lines of Dr. Siggy could also work. I know that you'll have a great, you'll have some great moments when you choose to let that happen and reminding them that they're safe. So this ties in a lot to the idea that separation requires that resistance. And we have to recognize that sometimes social situations or things that happen are amplified in the moments that our child feel emotional about separation. And recognizing when that could be happening is also really important and really valuable insight for us as adults and us as parents to try to figure out where the roots of these emotions are coming from. So if we can recognize that the roots of some of these emotions are coming from the resistance to separation, we can see things in a different light. We can you choose different words to help them navigate the situation and help ourselves navigate the situation. And then all together, it comes together and it has a different energy to it. And when we can bring a different energy to a situation, when we can bring and model self-regulation and more logic and more understanding and recognizing that these are normal aspects of life, then the better we can uh, support our children. And the way that I want to say that this ties in to the idea of emotional intelligence is it's modeling and understanding and empathizing and understanding what's normal and what's developmentally appropriate for children instead of feeling flustered and overwhelmed and like fighting it. And it also is modeling relationships for our children so that they can better navigate relationships with their peers or their friends. So we are empathetic and we are understanding if we take a pause and we tell them, I'm going to take a moment to think about this. It lets them know that they don't have to solve problems right away. They don't have to rush into everything. They don't have to fight it, that they can take time as well to think things through. Not everything needs to be immediate. And that is a really great model for how we want to support children. Lastly, I want to speak to the, what Dr. Becky says when she says resistance is the pathway to separation. And I want to talk about how intentional separation, like sending your child to childcare, to preschool, to camps, and to school are, are an important part of our lives that help us to all grow in multiple ways and build on a lot of different skills. And that's very, very important. And resistance is part of that. You are that child's safe place. And and sometimes um, big emotions come up and things come out that are part of the resistance, but not necessarily a part of their social development and things get pinned on other situations to help amplify the resistance. And so we have to be aware too that sometimes children will kind of grasp at different things that are happening in their lives to amplify that resistance and to show you that they don't want to go or they don't want to do something. And so, you know, hard moments might turn into, um, 
amplifying certain social situations that have happened that maybe didn't bother them quite as much, but in this emotional moment, that's what's coming up for them um, to help support that resistance to try to avoid the separation. And we have to be aware of that too. And there's a lot of information about there out there about um, after school fallout and how um, that emo- those emotions uh, after the separation as well really can come out after school when the children come home and they're feeling emotional and you know things tend to be more amplified because of that separation and we have to be aware of those too and just supporting and not taking things too personally are really extremely helpful in those situations so I love how she said that we should pause and tell ourselves it's not an emergency and we don't need to do anything right now because it allows us to be more rational instead of emotional and we don't feel like we need to react in such a quick way we can just take our time with it and work through it Really, in conclusion, what I want to say is emotional intelligence is such a critical stage in development, and it's always evolving and growing in different ways. And having opportunities to practice explicit skills of problem solving, navigating social situations, building confidence, setting our boundaries, understanding what healthy relationships are versus unhealthy relationships are vital for kids to be able to naturally be able to set boundaries and be flexible and problem solve. They need those opportunities with guided adults in their lives so that they continue to grow. So things that happen in the classroom, things that happen at camp, things that happen at school, things that happen, you know, at home have navigated with the support of a trusted educated adult that understands the value in these skills and can help them navigate it even further will help the children in the long run not have to recover from their childhood, really be able to navigate life in a positive and successful way.